This is Atolio Conversations. I'm Luke Alley. Carl Muscofian has experience in IT leadership roles at companies that were very different sizes and that called for very different approaches to managing their employees' experiences. Carl is now the CIO at Gainsight, producers of customer success and product experience software. So Carl and I talked about how Gainsight's customer success mindset informs their IT team's approach to the success of their internal customer. I really enjoyed hearing his insights on this topic, and I hope you do too. Carl, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Really appreciate your time. Hey, happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today because I wanted to talk to you about how Gainsight has a focus in in customer success, how that influences IT's relationship with the internal customer. Yeah, thanks. It's a it's a it's an interesting question, an interesting framing that uh, I, I don't know that I had sort of consciously thought about that much. That we're so involved with customer success and helping customers achieve their outcomes, and that same mindset does, in fact, you know, apply internally, right, to my internal customers as as the head of IT. So that's uh, that's a great way to uh, to think about it. You know, Gainsight is all about incre- increasing NRR for companies by improving customer success, product experience, customer experience tools. So we have a whole suite of, uh, of tools to help customers, help their customers achieve their outcomes and therefore grow with them, become advocates, become stickier, right? You reduce churn, you increase advocacy, all kinds of uh, all sorts of good, powerful flywheel effects start happening uh, when when you have that kind of customer centricity, and and we've got a whole set of tools around helping people do that. And so that idea uh, that you need to make people successful, you need to understand what outcomes they're trying to achieve and make them successful. I think does kind of permeate even internally how we how we run the company. Um, we also have a really we're a very strong values based company, and I think this idea of a human first. Uh, leadership and a human first company is really important to us. And so I think that also plays into the fact that we really care about the employee experience. Um, you know, it's not, it's not just sort of lip service, you know, it's something we, we pay a lot of attention to. Got it. Got it. So, so my, my, my impression is that most CIOs, they often, in terms of trying to understand the, the impact or the success of the kind of internal customer, there's a lot of translation through partnerships with the other departments. And it seems to come in a lot of different forms of like how strong that connection is or how direct the connection is. And so could you give me more examples maybe of kind of how you have what your relationships are like with uh, with the kind of internal employees? Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I, I kind of love this framing. I honestly hadn't hadn't really thought about it before, but in the same way that in customer success, for instance, you want to make sure you maintain good stakeholder alignment, right? Um, and in fact, you know, in our tool, we give you a place to track that and, and understand it and make it part of someone's overall health score. Part of keeping a customer green is making sure that you're, you're having those check-ins, right? And maintaining those relationships. 
And I think IT has understood that for a long time, that if you aren't staying connected to the right folks uh, up and down the chain in, in your in your business, um, you're going to get in trouble. You need to be working very closely with the people in the trenches who are doing the real work to make sure that their tools work for them, right? Uh but you also need to be talking to the executives and understanding how you can align, you know, IT's strategic plan with the strategic plans of the business leaders uh, at the highest level in the company. And you, you need to do all those things. Um, and so we uh, we certainly do that. We also, um, I think one of the things we're, we're doing a really good job with and, and have been doing for a while is really effectively surveying our, our employees. And what's great is, We've been asking the same questions now, or roughly the same questions, for a number of years. Uh, and so it's one of those things, you get a lot of value from doing that once. You get even more value from doing it over a period of time, seeing trends, right? Are, are we moving up or down? Or you know, wh- where, where are we going with these different aspects? And it's one of the ways that, uh, you know, that we're able to stay in touch uh, with with every user in the company by surveying them about how they feel about their tools and their work environment and and things like that um, and I think that's that's really helpful as well. Interesting, yeah, right. So it definitely seems to go beyond the surface level workflow analysis and, and right. into a much more holistic understanding. Yeah, and it allows you to ask sort of some open ended questions too. So you know when we talk about employee experience. That's a great example of something that sometimes is sort of hard to to get your arms around to quantify, um, but you can ask people, you know, on a scale of one to whatever, you know, how happy are you with with the tools that you use every day, and especially when you ask that of uh, hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, uh, you know, statistically, you start to get pretty good information there, right? You'll have some outliers. On, on either side, but in general, you'll get a good sense. And if you do it over time, you'll get a good sense. Do we think we're doing better or worse? Are we, you know, is this a problem area we really need to pay some attention to? Um, you know, I think especially in the, in the modern information age world, right? People who spend their entire day sitting at a computer, especially nowadays, those tools are incredibly important. Right. If 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 you had a carpenter working for you and they said, "Yeah, this hammer's terrible," you'd say, "Wow, that's really important. I should really get on that because, wow, that person uses that all day long." When an information worker says, "Wow, my computer's really frustrating," or, you know, my video conference software is terrible, or that really matters, and you you are wise to pay attention to that and do what you can. Right, understanding that. Nothing will ever be perfect and you'll never make everybody happy. And there's some of those realities, but for goodness sakes, do what you can to make people effective. And, you know, right now, a lot of companies are reducing their office footprint. And I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, take some of those dollars you're saving on the facility side and put those into people's tools. It's not that they weren't super reliant on them before, but it's only even more now. Is there a particular question on that survey that you think has has been particularly intriguing or unexpectedly interesting? I mean, there's always a comment field, right? So people can put in, I hate email, or I hate Slack, or I love Slack, or I wish we did this. But I I kind of actually like the fact that it's a, it's a pretty high level, like, do you have the tools you need to do your job, right? 
Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And uh, I almost don't want to get too granular. I mean, there's different things you can survey people for. There are different things you can you can investigate. And sometimes it's very specific, right? It's, do you, do you like this particular tool? But honestly, I kind of want to just know where, how people feel, you know, because if people feel generally like this stuff is driving me crazy, then that is the clue to go say, okay, now I want to do a deeper dive and I'm going to go have some uh, sort of focus group meetings with people. And I'm really going to get, go deep on this, you know, and if people are saying, I love my tools, things are good, then, then good. I'm, you know, frankly, uh, it's not that I'm not going to pay any attention to it or be complacent, but I, I kind of know that, that I'm pretty solid there. And in fact, that knowledge may help me not overreact to outliers. Because one of the things that's tough about stuff like this is everybody's got an opinion, right? If you talk about collaboration tools and productivity tools and things like that. So I think you want to make sure to pay attention when people are not happy. But I also think you want to be careful not to overreact when one person, frankly, even if they're a very senior person, says, I really think we should dump this tool and get this other tool, <laughs> right? Because there's a real danger there. I mean, I, I think it would be very easy to constantly be churning these tools. And I think that creates its own pain for, for people. So it's it's good to know, hey, we have a problem. We need to crack this open, get into it. And, and we probably do need to change some things. It's also good to know, hey, we're basically good. And so if I've got outlier complaints, um, let's not overreact to those. Yeah. Yeah. Tolerating a certain level of noise definitely is the, is the only way to really function. But yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. I think your point about trying to keep things very high level and how that gives you much more structured data in terms of it not being all comment fields that are impossible to like really get a good picture of like where the herd is is at and how people are feeling. But I think related to that though, something that would make that data even more valuable is if everybody's all using the same tools, right? If it's mm -hmm. like really centralized and standardized, then that makes it very easy to compare and A, B, everybody's experiences, right? It makes, it makes all of the, the kind of questions coming from the same, reacting to the same. That's a really interesting point that you're making because as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, if someone says I'm happy with my tools, right? Maybe part of the reason they're happy is that everybody's running different tools. Like, in other words, from my point of view as an IT person, I'm like, it's terrible that everybody's running different tools. I want as much commonality as possible and reduce vendors and all that goodness. Um, but in fact, if, if the fact that different groups sometimes use different tools is part of why they're happy, <laughs> then I need to know that, you know what I mean? And not, and not blow it by saying, hey, I'm going to do this thing that I think is going to make you happy which is to rip this tool you love away from you and make you use this other tool and just shoot myself in the foot um, and shoot the organization in the foot. So now, by the way, I, I, I find this really tough, right? It's a tough balancing act because, you know, one of the things I, I have often said is the idea of a siloed collaboration tool is an oxymoron, right? So when someone says, listen, it's okay that we have a different tool than everybody else because we just use it in our group, but it's a collaboration tool like that actually doesn't make any sense and it won't stay in just their group. 
And so then what will happen is because everybody collaborates with other people in other groups, pretty soon you find yourself with three, four, five different collaboration tools, right? Because, well, when I work with marketing, they use this tool and I use this, you know, and especially around things like Trello and Monday and all of these kind of project management, organizational kind of collaboration tools, there's a really good argument for having one, <laughs> right? Because the whole point of it is to collaborate, then it would be great if we all use the same one. Um, but at the same time, they aren't all the same, you know, and there really are groups of, no, I really like this approach. And I really like this tool. And then other groups are like, I really like this other tool. And so it's, it's honestly, it's a bit of a constant struggle for me to just think about how hard I want to try and push for, for consistent tool use. Right, right. Yeah. You yeah, it's not worth getting focusing so much on trying to get good data that all of your data is people saying I'm unhappy, right? <laughs> but then it's like, oh, but I'm sure that they're unhappy. So that's what I wanted, right? Um, certainty is not necessarily the end goal. It's for people to be happy with what they're using, right? Yeah. Now, now having said that, someone may say, you know, <laughs> on one question in the survey, they may say, I'm super happy with my tools. And another, they may say, collaboration drives me crazy here, right? And both those things can be true. Like I'm happy with my tool, but I wish everybody else in the company used it. And I didn't have to like use five different tools depending on who I'm talking to. Both those things can be true at the same time. And there's no obvious, easy answer. I am finding that like you can have people using different tools, but they're all integrated, let's say with Slack and everybody uses Slack. Like that can help mitigate that to some extent. Right. It can at least be a place that everybody there is because that is one thing that everyone uses. And so I'm, I'm sort of a fan of connecting as much as I can to those kind of broad platforms that, that everybody does use. That may be the best we can do. I, you know, this is not like a, a problem with, an, with a magic bullet solution, unless you're a giant company and you're just like, hey, we're a Microsoft shop. You use Teams and SharePoint and all that stuff and tough luck. You don't like it. I mean, I've worked in big companies that that got to do that. They got to actually set standards. You know, now I'm at a more of a startup dynamic company where, you know, I could say that, right? But I'm not sure that actually works anymore in the SaaS world because even in those big companies, even if you go to some giant company where IT is very powerful and is very good at setting standards, anybody can whip their credit card out and fire up a Trello account or something. And now they're just using that tool in their group. And I, you know, I, you can have rules and governance and all kinds of things, but I don't, I don't think you're going to stop it. So I think the, the, the question is, how do you find that sort of happy middle ground? Are there other kind of pieces of advice that you would give to, to other leaders in IT in terms of getting closer to understanding the employee experience? I think this is also one of those things that is as much an art as it is a science. And I, I you know, uh, I think, I think you want to get a lot of data. You want to try and talk to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, you, you've got this tough balancing act. And I think you, you know, you've got to just take all of that into account and try and work your way to the best answer you can, knowing that it's always going to be, it's probably good to think about it almost in an agile way that you're going to try something and then get feedback and then tweak it, and that that's kind of never ending. Like the idea that, oh, we're going we're gonna to go do a, a vendor analysis. We're going to find one tool. It's going to be the perfect tool. We're going to put it in, 
and that'll be it. Everybody will always use it forever and ever. Like, no, that's not probably going to be how it goes. So I think you just need to understand that, which is part of why I think it's a function in, in IT, right? It's an, because it's like an ongoing thing. Somebody needs to own that and constantly be taking those new inputs, understanding how things are working, helping people use the tools really effectively, right? You know, Zoom comes up with an update every week or two. And sometimes there's really interesting new features there. And, I, you know, I just think a lot of users don't even realize all the things they can do with, with Zoom and Slack and all these different tools. And I think someone in the company needs to kind of be helping them, almost an evangelist kind of role internally. Like, hey, do you know all the cool stuff you can do? And by the way, this is why you should do it here rather than going and spinning up a new tool. I would throw one other idea in there too that I think is um, is really important. When you think about getting inputs from your people, uh, you know, make sure that it's diverse, right? So if you're a global company, make sure that you're and you're in the U.S. Make sure you're not just hearing U.S. people, right? If you've got a big office somewhere around the world. Make sure you're hearing those voices as well, and understand that sometimes they're different. People, you know, just culturally, in terms of infrastructure, you know, around the world, different people have different experiences. And I think you need to really understand that there may be a different user experience for someone who's in the office versus a home home worker. And again, in, in especially in the modern world, but even before COVID, you know, we had that mix. So I think you want to cast a wide net. That's why I like the fact that we survey the whole company. Um you know, uh, I may want to slice and dice that, you know, uh, and understand, you know, what does India look like versus the U.S. or things like that. Um, but I want to make sure I'm I'm asking everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carl. I really appreciate you uh, you coming on today to talk with me. Yeah, this was this was a great conversation, and you actually made me think about some things a little bit differently that uh, was really helpful. So uh, I appreciate that. Thanks to Carl for coming on the show, and thanks to Tom Tierney for the music. Please make sure to follow Atolio on LinkedIn, and we'll see you again in two weeks.